more thick to the left Penetrating like Mike 360 degrees in the air like Dominique Mike Welcome to the Shooting the Shot podcast. I am your host, Robin, joined by my esteemed colleagues, Mark and Ryan. Please give us a follow on that Twitter machine. We are at STS underscore pod. Again, at STS underscore pod. Also, give us a like on iTunes. We appreciate the love. And we're going to start off tonight's episode talking about the NBA's decision to move the 2017 All-Star Game from Charlotte to a different destination unknown at this point due to a controversial law in North Carolina called the HB2 law, which which disables transgender people, not allowing them to use the public bathroom with the gender that they identify with unless they are taking steps to change their identity, be it surgically or legally. It also enables businesses to discriminate against people the lesbians and gays in the community guys your thoughts on the nba moving the all-star game due to this controversial law i think it's huge i think huge stones from uh the commissioner and the entire nba say that this is not right it's not showing compassion and, and care for people that matter and i think kudos to the nba for not caring about politics or the financial aspect and for just doing what is right by people. And I think not often enough in our society that happens. So I'm impressed that the NBA is taking a stand uh, and showing people that they matter and that they care about people. So kudos to the NBA. Um, I'm going to read a quote that uh, that's on uh, Sports Illustrated from Jason Collins. Obviously, Jason Collins is a former NBA player, but more importantly is... Uh, the first openly gay player um, from one of the four major sports. He says that as a member of the NBA family and as a gay man, I'm extremely proud to see the NBA take initiative and move the all-star game from North Carolina. Their decision is an extremely poignant one as, uh, excuse me, and shows that discrimination of any kind is not welcome in, in sports and is not acceptable in any part of our society. The NBA has set the best kind of example and precedent moving forward for all to follow. That in itself Coming That's a from, great statement. It's, it's a great statement, right? From, you know, from a man who has probably seen the worst when it comes to being an openly gay athlete. I think that this move will make it, I guess, well, not to be more comfortable, but it will allow, you know, openly gay athletes to feel much more comfortable pursuing their dreams of professional sports, especially in the NBA. This is the first step. Because they know that the league will be behind them. And this is this is a sign of it. And I think that this is a sign of the times. And that uh, we still do live in a society where there are some people in power. Uh, you can call them all old boys club. That, you know, that are still in the dark. And the NBA moving forward is like, uh, like Jason Collins said, is is the best kind of example for all other sports. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you both. I love the social social responsibility that the NBA has taken. I think they're they're kind of steps ahead of every other league, you know. And this is a, an example of that. Uh, what's also interesting about it too is that the NBA has also assured the Hornets that the event, the All Star Game, will return in 2019 if this issue involving this HB2 are resolved. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really see this being resolved in in two years or three years, for that matter. Um, what do you guys think? Do Do you see the NBA taking the All Star Game to Charlotte, or is this a done deal? I think uh, it's. Let me, let me hop in here. Mark. Yeah, go I ahead. think it's great because it puts a little bit of pressure on the politicians, in that if you want this economic benefit to your community, you have to make the right choice, and it kind of puts that good political pressure on these senators and people making these laws to kind of rethink what they put into place. Now, I, like Robin's saying, I don't know if it will happen in three years, but it kind of dangles a carrot for them. Like, hey, if you want this all-star game, you need to do what's right by these people. You know what it does? It opens the conversation. And that's the most important thing. Call. Where, you know, you know, even as early as five years ago, you know, this would have happened and it would have been life as we know it. It just would have moved on. The All-Star game would have happened. But now, yeah, this definitely opens the conversation that, hey, maybe we are looking at it because now, you know, you know, because of this decision, you know, we are really losing out. I mean, think about the 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 economic impact this would have had for Charlotte. And now they're losing that. You know, now the, the ramifications are much bigger with, you know, you can't just make these decisions based on, you know, old school biases. So this now opens the conversation and, you know, really opens the door for e- equality, especially in, in, in the southern states. Hey, hop in, in that in that line of thinking and, and I'll throw it to you in a second, Robin. I think what's happening is with what's happening in the states and all three of us Canadians, so we aren't really as aware of what's happening. But there's so much discussion about the police there's so much discussion about the upcoming um, na- uh, national election for the next president. A lot of people are thinking about their ideals and what they value. And and I and we're seeing that to on a smaller scale. Let's say something like Michael Jordan. He was popular. Uh, a comment was popular back in his playing time where Republicans buy sneakers too. And now you've seen him because of him being upset with, with things that are happening in society down down south and in the states that he's donated a uh, million dollars to community outreach and i think a uh, million dollars to um is it the police force or, or something to that effect and, and you're seeing people who in the past haven't touched on politics and and different issues that maybe affect their brand that there's so much raw hurt over things. You're seeing someone like a Michael Jordan step up and, and make a difference. And, and hopefully the NBA's use are leveraged in a good way to get people thinking about the transgender and the LGBT um, community in a, in a different way and just exploring what their values and ideals and how they care about people, I guess you could say. Yeah, well, what's uh, what's most impressive about this whole uh, Michael Jordan part of it is he actually penned an open letter 
And, you know, like you guys alluded to, he's never said anything in his whole career. And there's a, there's been so much pressure on him because, you know, of course, Michael Jordan was, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And there was a lot of controversy going on in the U.S. I mean, I hate to say it, but when when isn't there controversy in the U.S.? But, uh, you know, and he never said a word. So, you know, it, maybe it's just gone, you know, it's gone too far. All this, you know, cops killing people and people killing cops, you know, unfortunate as it is. Maybe it has finally gone far enough for a big star like Michael Jordan to say, you know what, enough is enough. It's about time someone of my stature takes a stand and says something. So, you know, you know kudos to Michael Jordan. Uh, whatever your reasons for, you know, staying quiet many years ago. Um, but it's, I'm glad he's saying something. And he even cited, you know, the uh, unnecessary murder of his own father, who was murdered by a black man as well on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, he even brought that up and leaned on that as, as part of his whole, you know, disgust with what is going on in America. And it's coming, it's gone too far in his opinion. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm happy to hear someone like Michael Jordan, you know, saying something and taking a stand. Moving on to our next topic, we're going to talk about the Portland Blazers. Yes, that team from the Northwest spending money like it's water. We know there's a lot of money in the current NBA, but they recently just signed CJ McCollum, their uh, their two guard, their fantastic duo, of course, of Lillard now McCollum. He signed for four years, 106 million. We know they signed numerous other players. Guys, your thoughts on what the Portland Trailblazers are doing? You like it? Do you not? I love it. I think if you have a nice young core of guys who are growing and improving and who want to be there, why not lock them up? Last summer, you saw Portland try to throw some money at Cantor. didn't really work out. And last year, they were a playoff team. They won a playoff series. Now, granted, there was some two fluke injuries to uh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin that really helped them get in the second round. But I I think if you're Portland, you kind of look at it. You have a a solid head coach who had Coach of the Year consideration. You have Damian Lillard, who's the face of your pitchers going forward. And you got some some young guys like Crabb and Harkless and and McCollum who who want to be there and want to grow. I don't see the harm. I also think you kind of see a little bit of the Toronto Raptors in that Masai Jury trusted Lowry and DeRozan that that core kind of grow. And hey, you went to the Eastern Conference Finals, so... I think if you got, again, if you got guys who want to be in Portland, they want to grow, they want to get better, why not lock those guys up and show them some love and keep that core in place? Yeah, um, the core is is the main thing. And what's nice about this is that, you know, they have their core now for, you know, for a long time. They ended up matching that offer sheet to Alan Crabb, who I think, you know, as much as I think, and as much as I would have liked to see him flourish in his own role in Brooklyn, uh, it's great that they have him at, at for depth uh, back with the Blazers. I'm, I'm a big Alan Crabb fan, and I really think that if he did go to the Nets, he would have broken out. Um, they also signed Miles Leonard, uh, who is a very capable big. They have him now for four years. Um, obviously, Mo Harkless is another asset that's uh, really stepped up in the playoffs. So... You're seeing that, you know, they have the nucleus there and now they're adding, you know, they added Evan Turner, another guy. So now they're adding, um, you know, bigs and toughness to really battle against, um, you know, Golden State. And we talked about this last week about teams that could really give Golden State trouble. And, you know, the Blazers are on that list. I mean, looking at their bigs and their capable bigs. Um, Plumlee you know, was huge in the playoffs. Plumlee was one. Evan Turner, um, 
sorry, Al Farouk Aminu is another one that can give some trouble. Uh, Miles Leonard. And, of course, they signed uh, Festus Azili. So, I mean, they will, I mean, that's a team that, that can go big on you, and they're all capable bigs. Uh, they're all mobile, uh, except for maybe Azili because he has those that knee issue and the leg issue. But, yeah, Portland is, is, a, is a threat, and uh, it, they should be a lot of fun because they mix in uh, a lot of youth. Uh, they're big, they're fast, uh, and they are, they're, they're, they are representatives of the new NBA. I agree with you both. I really like what Portland's doing, but let, let me, uh, you know, th- throw the, uh, odd, oddball into this and just hear this out. Mo Harkless, 40 million. CJ McCollum, 106 million. Alan Crabb, 75 million. Evan Turner, 70. Festus Azili, 15 million. This team is certainly going to be paying a luxury tax come next summer. So, does this team want to continue with this core, or is it giving it a year, and then maybe by the deadline it starts shedding some contracts? What do you guys think about that? Or do you think they're ready to pay a luxury tax? No, I think they're ready to pay a luxury tax, especially that Damian Lillard's contract is up uh, 2017. Paul they Allen have- has tons of money, boys. I don't think they're worried about any luxury tax if they have a good competitive team in Portland. Yeah, I mean, that that, that fan base alone is so rabid and they're just, you know, chomping at the bit rip city. I mean, uh, th- their fan base is incredible. They, they are on, you know, equal playing ground some nights as golden state. So, uh, especially when it comes to how loud they can get. So, I mean, you know that if that team is all in and they're producing, the fans are going to back them, the luxury, they have no problem going over the luxury tax. I guarantee that if this team is not where they think they should be by the deadline, we're going to see some trades. My take. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Hold on, hold on. Before you move on to the next topic. <laughs> all right, all right. What, why do you think, like, what what signs are you seeing that makes you think, like, are you saying that this team isn't going to be good? Like, do you have oh, that no, feeling no. that they're on no, the no. cusp? Nope. I think they're a great team. They could easily be a top four seed by being the fourth seed uh, in the West, as things look as of right now. Uh, I just think that they have, I think with what they've done, it's great. And on paper, it looks great. So to me, they have high expectations. So if they are rolling into February and their asses are in 10th place, they're going to be looking to shed some contracts and get under that luxury tax. Because, it, look, you've got to sign Lillard next summer. That's, you know, he's going to get, what, $30 million a season? Guys like Evan Turner, who they overpaid for, might have to get dealt. We'll see. Well, and like you're saying too, Robin, just jumping on that, it's great to have all these young assets, but if an opportunity comes up where you can trade two or three young guys and get a legit star, Poland could look at that too. I, I don't think, even though they have these guys locked in, it doesn't mean they're they're never going to trade these guys. If a good sweetheart deal comes, I think you see a couple of these young guys package, i.e. a crab, right? Because if, I don't know, I'm going too much of a tangent, I think. But like no. you got to remember, though, is that is that with C.J. McCollum, his deal doesn't start until 2018, 2019. It's an extension, right? Well, I think McCollum and Lilla are your core. And then yeah. there's moving pieces around those guys. But you I still think. have guys on decent contracts like Aminu's 7-6. Ed Davis is another oh, one. they're not going to give him away, buddy. But no, I'm, I'm just saying I'm they're saying not like, like never going to be movable. If, like Robin says, they're in 10th place, I can see the GM make pushing some chips in the middle of the table and making a bold move. But they also have time, right? The thing is they have time. They, the C.J. McCollum deal, like I said, doesn't take place for another two years. And then Damian Lillard possibly next year, right? So you have... You can sort of 
yeah, you have time to figure it out. And then what if Lillard leaves? Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Amari Stoudemire announced his retirement last night. Uh, yes, Monday night this of this week or Tuesday night from the NBA. Uh, just your guys' quick thoughts on, on, on Stat and in his career. This makes me feel old, guys. I don't know about you, but a lot of my memories in university were about the Phoenix Suns. And you got Sean Marion and Steve Nash, obviously, and Joe Johnson briefly. And that whole seven seconds or less. And the way that Amari played as a big man was kind of part of that new, the first stage of that new evolution of big man that you're now seeing. So the lumbering big guys, he was that athletic freak who could dunk on you and make an athletic um, weak side block on you. And I don't know, the fact that he's officially retired makes me feel kind of old. And it bums me out a little bit too. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I'm really disappointed that he didn't go into. He's not going. Like he's not retiring as a son. That's weird. Uh, eh? He retired as a Nick, and I thought that some of his best years, obviously with the running gun Suns, um, uh, were with uh, were obviously you know with the Suns and with Steve Nash and all them. But yeah, I, I mean, he was. He was stat, right? He was uh, he was a guy who you loved to watch on the pick and roll with Steve Nash, and you loved how explosive he was. But yeah, was, you know, after that first year in, in New York, and he suffered that knee injury, you know, that was really about it. And then when Melo showed up, I mean, he became really you know non-existent. So I mean, I will always remember him like you, Ryan, as a son and what he was able to do with that team. Um, and to be honest, he was probably, you know, uh, you know, one of the more, uh, you know, contributors on that team where a lot of guys piggybacked and made millions of dollars off of Steve Nash. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll always remember him, uh, you know, those seven second or less sons and, and yeah, and, uh, and, uh, he had a great career. I just love the uh, story, and I'm sure you guys know this one too. When, when Steve Nash was the Dallas Mavericks, Amari Stoudemire traveled with, uh, I believe it's Robert Sarvo and the Suns at the time. He traveled with uh, Amari. Traveled with the owner to Dallas to recruit Steve Nash, and he said, "Me and you, man, we could make some waves." And as you, as history, you know, could tell, they really did. So, you know, good career for Amari. I mean, you'll be missed, but. At the end of the day, his career was cut short by injuries, and unfortunately, that was the end of him. Moving on now, the uh, Team USA had another exhibition game uh, on Tuesday night against China, live from Oracle. And with just over two minutes remaining, DeMar DeRozan, and I think the team was up (laughs) around 50 by this point, which was expected. DeMar DeRozan on the fast break came from the left side. And almost completed a 360 dunk. Now, I woke up this morning to my Twitter feed going nuts. People saying that – now, he didn't complete the dunk. But people saying if he did, that might have been the best in-game dunk ever. Your guys' thoughts? Um, I mean, nothing – I mean, it's so funny that you know we're revisiting this and it's a USA basketball player wearing number nine and he's a Raptor. Because the last time that so, that a Raptor wearing well number played. nine and played for US was <laughs> Vince Carter. So I mean, it's kind of deja vu, right? However, he didn't make the dunk, and I know a lot of people are saying that yeah, it was with uh, it was you know against uh, China and they were up forty seven points, and you know that that's uh, I know that uh, Coach K wasn't a big fan of it, 
uh, saying that, you know, you want to show a little bit more sportsmanship. But look, I mean, why not? I mean, this is what fans love. This is what fans, you know, fans want to see USA dominate lesser teams. That's why we watch them. That's why if we didn't, then we wouldn't watch them. We were hoping for something like this. We want them to put on a show. DeRozan put on a show. I loved it. The majority of the world loved it. So let's embrace it. The only thing I'm going to say that I don't care if you made it or not, that nothing I, I have ever seen will ever compare to what Vince Carter did to Frederick Weiss. And that that's another thing, too, is that, like, it game. was in the middle of the game. Like, this, that game was not over. Like, no. like, that game was in, like, it was in the game. This was sort of like, okay, like, this game is clearly over. We're getting blown you know, out. That was garbage time. Let's be real. Yeah. Well, you know. I agree completely with Coach K in that yeah. they had thumped China the previous game. They were almost doubling them in that game. And I think you can't act like you're in the Drew League. You can't act like you're in the all-star game. This Why is not? an international competition. You're at I, home. Uh, I, I just think it, it lacks a little bit of class. I, no, think, I don't I, think, so. I think if it was a, a really a real Olympic game, I would agree with you more. I think because it was just a like a warm up, I don't mind it as much. I think if it was in the Olympics itself, I might be a kind of like, nah, that was unnecessary. But at the end of the day, we all know America's gonna smoke everybody. It's not even worth watching because it's uncompetitive. So especially in a game like this, a warm up game, why not, man? Take us to the circus tomorrow. Yep. And it was an Oracle and Durant was there and the fans were already going crazy. And Steph, I'm sure that the the like the Durant whole environment. Had five points in the first 24 seconds of game. Yes, or 28 yep. seconds. Yep. He scored the first basket, right? Yeah. And so, didn't yeah. he lead the team the previous game with only seven field goal attempts? Like Durant is showing that he doesn't have to shoot 20 times a game, a la Russell Westbrook, to be effective. I, watching these Olympic qualifying, not quali- these preliminary games. I'm scared at how good Durant's going to fit with the Warriors next season. I still soft. That's a topic for later in the year. <laughs> we'll get there. So let's move on to buzzer beaters. Ryan, you want to kick this off? Yeah, please. Uh, Jay Triano was announced today as the official lead coach for next season, the Phoenix Suns. I've been a huge fan of Triano since he coached uh, the Raptors. He was great with me in media scrums. He's done great things with Canada basketball the past two summers. Uh, Canada won the Pan Am Games last summer here in Toronto. They were one win away from qualifying Olympics last summer. They were one win away this summer from qualifying for the Olympics. He's just a good guy, a great coach. He was a big part of what Portland did last season. And I'm happy to see him move uh, to the lead assistant chair in Phoenix. And with that young roster, he's going to do some really great things with that young team. Great news for Jay Trino. Uh News from my end is uh, former number one overall draft pick Andrea Bargnani is heading to Spain. Yes, that's right. The man who was drafted number one in the 2006 draft spent some a lot of time with the Toronto Raptors. Some time with the Knicks, some time with the Nets. And last year, I mean, he had his career lows in points and minutes and even shots put up. And, uh, you know, when Sean Marks took over the Nets, he cut him loose real fast. So I'm not surprised to hear this news. It's unfortunate that, you know, this is how number one pick goes. But, you know, when you play the way he has, looking disinterested a lot of the time, uh, 
you can't be too surprised with this. One interesting stat about Andrea, he is second all-time in the NBA in three-pointers made for a European. Number one being, of course, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki is ahead by a large margin, but hey, at least he's on, on some kind of stat list, so he will be remembered in the annals of NBA history somehow. Before we go on to Mark Spencer Beater, can we all unanimously agree he's the biggest number one overall bust, or does Michael Ola Condi get that honor? How about Greg Oden? Yeah. Ooh, just, just yeah, Greg Oden. Least, yeah. And those two, hey, those two were back to back because Oden was 07, Bargnani was 06. So two rough yeah. years, right? And uh, Anthony Bennett, hey, I hate to throw shade Ooh. at a Canadian guy, but things have been going well. Hopefully, he resuscitates himself in the Nets. With the Nets, or he might be in this conversation as well. All right. So, I think the one of the more important uh, topics that really hasn't been getting a lot of news is the uh, NBPA will fund health insurance for all retired players with three or more years service. Um, that's huge. Uh, the program is the first of its kind among North American professional sports. Um, Chris Paul. I know we were talking uh, off air there, and uh, Robin, you made a great point that he is doing pretty amazing things with the NBPA, uh, and uh, this is what he said about uh, about the the deal. He said that uh, the game has never been more popular, and all the players in our league today recognize that we're only in this position because of the hard work and dedication of the men who came before us. It's important that we take care of our entire extended NBA family. And I'm proud of my fellow players for taking this unprecedented step to ensure the health and well-being of our predecessors. It's pretty incredible. Um, and that was from, I got this off of uh, Real GM here. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a big step. And the NBA, man, uh, like we say all the time, they are, they are the front runners for a lot of uh, social um, sort of topics and, you know, overall, uh, you know, uh, social uh, issues and uh, you know kudos to them yeah I love this story when I when I heard it today too I just have to quickly agree with you I mean I've always thought that the NBA was far ahead of other sports uh, when it comes to social activism and looking after their own um, this was obviously a different story in the 60s and 70s where you know players were doing coke in the middle of games so the NBA has really changed and you know like you said it's it's an amazing league what they've done and it's nice to see them looking after you know those who are not playing anymore because how many stories have we heard about former hockey players and nfl players struggling just to even afford their medication so it's really great that the nba is doing this uh you know again kudos to uh adam silver and of course the nba and, and yes most importantly chris paul for looking out for his brethren and with that folks we're going to wrap up this latest edition of shooting the shot podcast we appreciate all the listeners out there. Again, please follow us on that Twitter. We are at STS underscore pod. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a like. We appreciate all the love and anything else you want to say. So until next time, folks, from myself, Robin, and my esteemed colleagues, Mark and Ryan, we thank you for listening, and we'll catch up soon. Called up the homies and I'm asking y'all, which part are y'all playing basketball? me on the court and I'm troubled last week messed around and got a triple double freaking brothers every way like MJ I can't believe today was a good day <laughs>